welcome to another episode of Sophia's Choice, a Golden Girls podcast. I am Alan, and he's 100, he is scared, he is peen. It's Ski. That's me. He is a peen. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a white man, damn near albino. It's Brent. <laughs> I keep putting turmeric in my cottage cheese. I'll have a nice glow. <laughs> Episode 14, Runaway. Uh, Ski's going to be doing our recap today. Um, any of you two have anything interesting in your lives you'd like to discuss or uh, dump out on the audience? <laughs> 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 Not at this time. Okay. You, you all empty? <laughs> I think so. For now. For now. How about you, Brent? Do you have any interesting anecdotes to kick us off here today? Uh, Richard Mole just died. Oh, okay. That's a shame. Yeah. Sad. Unfortunate. 80 years old, but still. Thanks for bringing us down. <laughs> well, then I guess I'll go ahead and let you guys know a few other things that I... This is how I was originally going to introduce Brent as. He spends so much time looking for the crank. Um, mm. But, you know, then when... If you listen to our last episode, the, the intro I gave him is so much more appropriate. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, there's yeah, also... Yeah, look for the crank when it's a pill snop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to introduce Key as a, he's not that special. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and maybe as the uh, the hump that broke the camel's back. Um, but, you know, he uses that beep beep to help uh, warn, <laughs> warn that he's coming in. <laughs> Thought about introducing Brent as a, a white Tina Turner. <laughs> <laughs> Just less Swedish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or for Ski, he's a mime. Um, but... <laughs> I thought some also thought about cuter than Winnie the Pooh, and uh, I also thought about saying a pox on you, a pox. I say it's Brent, uh, <laughs> but I went with the ones I went with. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so um, that's all I had for uh, the opening of this. I, I would say this very special episode. Uh, yeah, a I don't know. I won't spoil anything, but there's an interesting twist in my opinion that happens in this episode that feels forced. Um, <laughs> it feels oddly edited, and I'll be curious what you guys think of it, but I'm excited to hear Ski's recap as we jump in. All okay. right. So. Y'all ready? I, I am. I guess I am. Do you have more? Begrudging okay. me so? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm good. <laughs> All right. Season 8, Episode 14. Uh, this one uh, uh, titled Runaways. Mm-hmm. Uh, original air date was January 15th, 1993. Mm-hmm. Written by uh, one Michael Hurwitz. Oh, yeah. And directed by Alex Paceres. Sure it wasn't Mitchell? No, no, it is Mitchell. You're right. What did I say? <laughs> Michael. Oh, sorry. Thank you for correcting me. Mitchell That's okay. <laughs> Can I take the rest of the episode off? If you really want to, yeah. Sweet. Sometimes when I'm doing my hosting duties uh-huh. and um, I'm moving things along, I feel like Brent gets a look in his eye like I ran over him a little bit. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I had more to say, but never mind. <laughs> No, no. Go right ahead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why but, would I want to contribute? Yeah, and then he throws out, can I just be done for the rest of the episode? <laughs> <laughs> Since my opinions aren't valued anyway. <laughs> you asked for a story, and right when I was about to launch. <laughs> Did you have something good to share? No. Oh. <laughs> No? Okay. You do. 
you let us know. All right. I'll stop. If you see something, say something. Okay. <laughs> Once I feel like this is a safe space, I will. <laughs> then you never will. Exactly. Because we got a piss poor intimacy coordinator. <laughs> now, now, how would you react if after you said safe space? If um, that little uh, doll from the Saw movie came <laughs> came around the corner oh, yeah. on his little bike. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this would be a good horror basement, honestly. Uh-huh. It would, yeah. Too much lighting. I mean, at the moment. And but carpeting. It, it wouldn't take much. <laughs> yeah. I've sat here in the dark. It gets <laughs> pretty dark down here. <laughs> but that's really just inside you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> You ready? Yep, ready. Right. I'm ready. We open in the kitchen. Uh, Sophia enters the kitchen and sees a large dead fish laying on the counter. At first, she assumes that it's a sign that, uh, that there's been a hit, like a Sicilian sign. Uh, a delivery man then places more fish on the counter, and she exclaims that it must be a bloodbath. Uh, she places a pox on the delivery man, but then quickly remembers mm. that uh, she had ordered the fish to prepare for the hotel guests. Uh, Chewie enters the kitchen. And is upset as all orders for uh, for the kitchen should be going through him. Sophia jokes that uh, the food also quote goes through her as well, like a locomotive. And uh, she said she then asks uh, her dear friend Chewie to borrow his car. And uh, after admitted, admitting how quickly she passes the meal, he declines her request. Seems like every other time she's mentioned it, it's been like she hasn't gone in right? two weeks. <laughs> Uh, probably depends on the food, I guess, right? Um, oh, adding that if, uh, oh, he says that, you know, she can't have the car, adding that, uh, she would just likely leave the blinker on all the time. Uh, he's not wrong. That is true. Uh, she plays the pox on Chewy as well. Uh, she explains that it's, uh, her new, uh, thing. <laughs> he agrees that it's, quote, a giggle, and that, uh, she should share that with her pals on the bus. <laughs> yeah. I like that dig. Definitely. Uh, Sophia flashes him a scowl and then exits the kitchen and then immediately asks Blanche uh, if she'll take her downtown. Uh, Blanche also says no as she says she's busy planning a, uh, an upcoming Sweet 16 party for their banker's daughter. She says that uh, she wants it to go perfectly. Sophia then asks her to bar- ask if she can borrow her car, but Blanche scoffs and reminds her of the harrowing events of her previous, uh, the previous time she borrowed her vehicle. Sophia claims that the paramedics damaged that door when they used the, the jaws of life to remove her from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sophia then says that uh, she smites Blanche with the power of a thousand suns. She then uh, quickly reverts back to saying she has a pox. Yeah, I like the pox better. Yeah. yeah. I think, uh, doesn't, uh, doesn't uh, Sophia even say, stick with the classics or don't? Oh, I think I've got that on here, sorry. Blanche realizes that she's cursing her, but couldn't uh, much care and walks off. That's when Sophia tells herself that if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, that's it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Blanche heads out to the front desk and Rose uh, or and asks uh, where all the pins went. Or Rose asks where all the pins went. Blanche tells her that she'd thrown them all out to replace with the uh, new personalized pins that she'd ordered. She thought it would be classy. Mm-hmm. Roland comments that Blanche seems to be uh, eating excessively lately. She denies the accusation, but then uh, Chewie brings in a meatball sub to uh, per her instructions, Blanche says that uh, she's just frustrated, and Roland offers to talk about. Uh, Blanche clarifies that she thinks she's se- sexually frustrated, and then Roland rescinds his offer to discuss it. 
So, Brent, I have a legal question for you. You're okay. kind of our resident expert. <laughs> okay. Um, would taking an excessive amount of unauthorized meatball subs be a form of embezzlement? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Especially since, you know, like she's, yeah, I mean, she's receiving them. Right. Like, if... But he's saying it's taking profit essentially from the uh, hotel, right? Yeah, I mean... Yeah, but it's not, like, if Chewy was making an excessive number and taking them home to feed his family, that would be embezzlement. Oh, all right. But, you know, if it's just, it's just an employee benefit if he's making meatball sandwiches and handing them out to the other employees. Well, I think that uh, Blanche was running them right out of meatballs from what he says here in a moment, um, because I think he suggested another sandwich because they're getting low on meatballs. Mm -hmm. Just seems like Blanche just didn't learn her lesson last episode about, (laughs) (laughs) you know, dipping her hand in the company pot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did. I didn't have any uh, assumptions. She really learned her lesson last <laughs> yeah, time. That's true. Yeah. There was no indication that she felt <laughs> yeah. any remorse. I had no illusions yeah. that she was uh, yeah. a changed woman. It just seems to me like that sub, uh, that meatball sub, might be another whoopsie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if um, if they would have made her a changed woman, then that just would have been one less well the writers would have to go back to in season nine. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Blanche says, yeah, she says that, you know, oh, Roland sends his offer to discuss it. Blanche says that she feels like she's replaced her sex drive now with a food drive. Chewie asks if she'd like to try a little Mexican this evening. <laughs> yeah. Smiling and obviously proud of his comment. Blanche asks if he's coming on to her, but he admits that it's uh, just a diversion as they're now running low on meatballs. Like yeah. You said. So do you think it, with the alternative, if you're talking about Mexican cuisine versus a meatball sub, be like a carne asada burrito or something like mm-hmm. that. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. So. Yeah, that sounds really good, actually. Okay. <laughs> in the market for a burrito? <laughs> yeah, he said that almost a little sexually there. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. It sounds good. sounds real good. I've replaced uh-huh. my sex drive with a food drive. <laughs> right. <laughs> I thought you enhanced your sex drive with a food drive. <laughs> I heard when she said food drive in the show, food drive to me always is like a... Camp food drive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, chewy exits... <laughs> And Blanche states, Is that how you're enticing the missus now? <laughs> yes. She, she doesn't go for it, though. Oh, she doesn't? <laughs> so then he just uses that meatball I'm sub just... in other ways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> just beep, beep. Yeah. <laughs> Another rough week. <laughs> exactly. It's a spicy meatball. <laughs> yeah. This week's been so bad, I'm ordering the party sub. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's rough. That's yeah. Rough. So, oh, you've had a lot of bad weeks. <laughs> uh, Chewy exits and Blanche states that she's, uh, she has a date night with, quote, the most wonderful man. And Ernie Miles or Niles. I just was imagining, not imagining exactly, <laughs> <laughs> but just the idea of like the uh, Lady and the Tramp scene where Brent's on one end of the sub and you're on the other, <laughs> but it's not what he's expecting to see when he gets it. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant like both of our butts are getting closer to each other. Well, that was what I first thought, and then I thought it was funnier the other way. That's what made me chuckle. <laughs> That awkward moment where Brent's looking to the left wall. <laughs> He's eating his part of the sub. <laughs> and you're backing up. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> and romance ensues. Hey, do we still kiss? <laughs> yeah. Well, sort of. <laughs> uh, 
Never go <laughs> ass to mouth. <laughs> well, sometimes in the heat of the moment. <laughs> right. We, we've, we've had our listeners <laughs> chime in that butts up the topic we need to continue to explore. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that a uh, direct quote from uh, uh, Clerks 2, though? Something like, oh, yeah, they never go ass to mouth. Yeah, except well, for. But that was Rosa, yeah. Yeah. Buying closed doors. <laughs> Uh, Rose protests uh, about uh, Ernie, the date with Ernie, uh, reminding her that they were scheduled to uh, have audition inter- auditions for entertainment acts uh, for the party that, that coming evening. Or the auditions are that night. Yeah, the auditions are that night, sorry. Lance pleads with her. Uh, she claims that she'll help uh, the next night but needs this date. She says that uh, he's charming, witty, and cute. Roland says that he feels ill and that men are not cute. He adds that if you if you want cute, you should date Winnie the Pooh. And then Rose swoons at the thought of Winnie. Yeah, that was kind of funny. I also swooned at the thought of Winnie, but at a uh, uh, Wonder Years standpoint. Uh, Winnie Cooper. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, see, it's, it's, uh, that's one of those things where if you're talking about Danica McKellen, present day, then sure. But when you say Winnie... From the Wonder Years, that's talking about a when fourteen year that, old girl. When I was that age, <laughs> sure, <laughs> I guess, but you're not that age now, <laughs> and you're thinking about it now. Yeah. <laughs> so when you were fourteen year old ski watching fourteen year old Winnie, that's fine. Okay, but <laughs> oh, come okay. on now. Before uh, she got she's into all that math, now, right? <laughs> so. Yeah. Before she got an education, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no one wants that. Just mucks up the stuff, you know. Right. <laughs> well, when they start thinking for themselves, That's yeah. Right. <laughs> Get all those ideas in her head, Alan. <laughs> uh, so we change the scene, and uh, we see Rose and Roland gather uh, in the dining area uh, to addition potential acts, noting that Blanche still hasn't shown up. Uh, the first act is a man named Mr. Siegel who loudly tells them that he's a mime. Right. He pulls out a large chest and introduces his version of a man trapped in a box. He climbs in and closes the lid. Rose comments on how unusual it is to see a mind that uses props. He then hollers from the inside chest that he's trapped in a box. Rose tells Roland that uh, she had a mime at her 16th birthday uh, party at St. Olaf, but then recants that, saying that it was really just a boy who had been struck by lightning. Yeah. I'm guessing dead, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Roland asked the man uh, what made him want to become a mime, and he then yelled again from the inside of the chest that he enjoys seeing the smiles on the faces of the audience. Yeah. He asks if they are smiling. Roland, at that point, exits the room, but Rose smiles and nods approvingly that she is indeed smiling. Yeah, that was funny, too. Uh, meanwhile, Oliver... Who? Down, yeah, <laughs> there's this kid that's on the show sometimes. Okay. Uh, he walks down so the stairs. Six of six appearances? Eight of eight. Eight of eight. eight. Yeah. Gotcha. He walks down the stairs into the kitchen. He goes up to Chewy and tells him how, you know, the Glow Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling squad yeah. will be performing in Miami. You got uh, a thing for Mount Fuji. <laughs> <laughs> he asks if he'll... Who uh, doesn't? Exactly. There was like a, uh, a Glow series down the road. Yeah, wasn't Netflix. Like the, yeah. Yeah. It was a good series, Did you too. watch it? Yeah, it got canceled um, yeah. before... It, was able to conclude, which is a shame. It, is, it, it needed one more season to like wrap up the story, but it was good while it was on. I enjoyed the first season. We never made it to the second season, but I thought it was solid too. I thought it continued to be solid. I think maybe made it 
Do, do two or three. I want to say three. Yeah, I think so too. Was um, it based on like true events or like the, the actual? No, but I mean, or? it was inspired by the you know like actual. Yeah, like so behind they, the scenes machinations of putting on. A did they use the actual characters, characters though, like the same? No, no, yeah. it was different folks, but but it was solid. It was a good show. Hmm. Uh, he asked if uh, the one Allison Brie, she was in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then the the other one who was in that. Oh, she's John on do Perry Gilpin. That sounds right. Yep. Mm-hmm. I know that name. What has she been in? Uh, her mom was on Frasier. That help? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> she well, she was recently in a movie that was. Uh, <clears throat> I know. I remember it was controversial. She's someone who you saw, you'd probably recognize her, but off the top of my head, I can't tell you what else she was yeah. in. Anyways, uh, okay. <laughs> say what? Her mom played Roz. I did not know that was I her like mom. Roz. Though. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Nice little piece of trivia. Still doesn't help Ski know who she is. <laughs> but. No, but Roz was pretty hot. Sure. You didn't think so? I mean, it's just <laughs> not the conversation. But <laughs> Ski enjoys all the meats and the ladies yeah. do. <laughs> I, I, I got no... A little bit of Danica, a little bit of Roz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least she was of age when you were watching her on TV. <laughs> so now as you reminisce, it's not creepy. No more creepy than normal, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Although, honestly, you reminiscing about a 14-year-old girl is no more creepy Gosh, than normal. Gosh, dang it, <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't pay to show up. <laughs> te- I mean, technically, it never pays. Yeah, no, it never does. No good can come from showing up. <laughs> Just please, Brent, please don't bring up Punky Brewster. <laughs> this will get real <laughs> awkward. <laughs> Is there room for two in that fridge? <laughs> and ski talking. Yeah. <laughs> Just to clarify. I'm lost on that reference. Oh, Cherry um, got in her refrigerator because they were playing hide and seek and got locked in there. Okay, gotcha. And then um, she got, um, you know, she suffocated, but then they brought her back with the CPR and everything. That was in an episode? Yeah. Crap. That's <laughs> <laughs> traumatic. Kind of intense, yeah. yeah. Um, so I know we have actually a lot of the se- the series on a DVD. Alexis yeah. loves them. Yeah. Yeah. She's watched quite a few of them. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen that episode, though. I would remember uh-huh. that, I think. Oh, yeah. It's a famous one. Almost as famous as Dudley getting molested. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say it's a powerful one. <laughs> powerful one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like it really touched you. <laughs> Taught me not to play in old refrigerators. Yeah, there you go. Anyway, the glow gals are coming to Miami. Indiana Jones never learned that lesson, but <laughs> right. <laughs> say sometimes you can save your life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Atomic blasts. Yeah, exactly. And whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, he asked uh, Chewy if he'll drive him to give like, the ticket. It's coming out on Blu-ray on December second, and it kind of bumps. It's like that would have been like a nice Black Friday type thing, mm-hmm. you know? I was like, oh well, if it come out like. Two weeks earlier or whatever, I'd buy it discounted for Black Friday. You know. Do you mean the newest one? Yeah. Oh, okay. He didn't seem to have a high opinion, so is that just a completionist in you that would Yeah, have and it? because I definitely want to rewatch it two, three more times just to see how much you actually like it. Yeah, see if my opinion changes, grows, lessens, whatever. Sometimes yours does. Like it does. you're open to being, you know. Oh yeah, I'd love to be proven wrong. And I'm glad when I can prove myself wrong. <laughs> now, if somebody else tries, <laughs> fuck them. <laughs> but if you proved yourself wrong, that means you were also right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, so it cancels each other out. Exactly. <laughs> See, I told, I told you I'd come around. I'll take my victory now or later. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
you don't prove yourself right, it means you were right the first time. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I stand corrected <laughs> about being right. <laughs> anyway. Did another light come on, or did a light bulb go out, or seemed like the mood changed in here or something. I don't know. Maybe Skeet started thinking about his rough life again. <laughs> <laughs> I said glow. Uh, you said that you interpreted that visually. No. When I said, you know. Gotcha. I mean, the left side of your face stopped working. Is that something <laughs> I should be afraid of? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, there was some real bulldog jowls going on there. Exactly. <laughs> But the quality of your content hasn't suffered, so I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> exactly. Best not to interrupt. Exactly. He's on a roll. Yeah. Exactly. If this is his last recording. I want it to be a good one. Exactly. <laughs> I'm halfway to my goal of being John Cusack. Yeah. <laughs> now if I just get the other side done, yeah, right. get all droopy. <laughs> Listen, when you go from having a boyish good looks, you really want to, you know, tackle the the flip side of that hardcore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm sure the next time we see Paul Rudd, he's going to look like a Stelgetti. <laughs> Brown hair, though. You think he won't look like that till like he's like 85, and then he'll mm-hmm. suddenly turn kind of like uh, um, ah, crap, Dick Clark. Yeah. Well, Brent and I did discuss it. I do think Paul Rudd is starting to lose that boyish good look. Mm-hmm. Like, you could definitely see age is finally catching up with him in that most recent yeah. uh, Ant-Man movie. Yeah. He's at over 50, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, so don't be wrong. He's still a stone-cold fox for his age, but <laughs> yeah. but just not as youthful as he used to look. Mm-hmm. So. He was really good in the new season of um, Only Murders in the Building. Oh, was he? Mm-hmm. That's, was. A, that's definitely a show I should watch. Oh, it's so solid. many good people in it. Oh, yeah. Nicole started watching it with, without me. Oh, I, yeah. I think we'd already talked about when to watch together. But she had forgotten, so she apologized. She said, I can stop. I said, no, it's all right. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched, like, besides stuff for the podcast, I haven't watched a show of anything for quite a while. Yeah. <laughs> you decided to get reacclimated to viewing stuff with a three-and-a-half-hour movie about That's Indian right. murders. That's <laughs> 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 so that's a jump back in, isn't it? Yeah. Just going to dip his toe in a little. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. See if he still enjoys the whole stuff. Exactly. You know. Entertainment value. Exactly. I take that back. We watch, Me and Nicole did watch a uh, a movie. I'd I'd seen like a weird ad for it, but it seemed like an interesting premise. It's called. Did the guy end up fixing the cable? Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. It was called uh, Time Trap. I think. Okay. And we watched it like it was just a two-hour movie, but we only watched we watched it in like two different sittings. Mm. Who was in it? Say what? Who was in it? No one you know. No when was it made? Him. This is fucking Brent. There is definitely <laughs> someone he knows in it. That's like... That's... <laughs> <laughs> when was it no made? No one I know. How's that? <laughs> You'd have to look it up. Okay. So it was, it was made at some point with people... That... <laughs> it was relatively new. It was, okay. it was like the last five, ten years. Okay. But uh, um, the basic premise is they get trapped in a cave and mm-hmm. time moves different in the cave than everywhere else. So. Okay. It was, it was decent. Like, but was it's the that only thing I've actually. Was it a TV movie or just uh, like a release to theaters or direct to video? Or... Gotcha. If it was in theaters, it was a very limited release, but gotcha. uh, definitely seemed like a an Amazon or Netflix type deal. Any of these people you know here, Brent? Oh, did you find it? Yeah. So it actually may be a movie that has that's so. Um, Obscure? Yeah, that, that might actually not have people Brent knows on it. I think Andrew Wilson is Luke and Owen's brother. Oh, okay. 
Did he just look like that? <laughs> no, no, because um, oh, okay. he was in um, the Bottle Rocket. Let's see. Who does he play? You know, with it, Time Trap, Idiocracy. Yeah, it's him. Um, he played, I don't know, man number three. <laughs> um, he played Hopper. I think that's a professor on this. Like, bottom line, he's got like two. Uh, he, he's like a teacher, a professor. Oh, okay. And like two of his uh, students don't hear from him for a few days and they go after him and they get caught in the cave too. Such an odd movie that you're like, out of all the movies out there that I haven't seen, this <laughs> this thing looks like the one that we should invest two hours into. Like, how did you come across it? Like, I don't even remember. I don't remember how I heard about it. It was like a. I don't know. I don't remember. Like, but, you watch it on like the Tubi or. Like, no, we watched it on, I think it was Netflix or, or uh, Hulu or something. But gotcha. uh, I forget how I heard about it, but it just seemed like an interesting premise. And I figured I'd check to see if. Oh, I remember. I remember hearing about it. Like it was like a small short preview thing. It was like a uh, sci-fi type movie thing. I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a horrible premise. Sorry. Uh, but uh, anyway, I wanted to see if we could even get it on uh, like our limited uh, streaming services. And it was there. And so we just watched it. <laughs> so it wasn't necessarily that we chose that one. Is that I? it stuck with me that I wanted to see if we had it. And then we watched it. <laughs> okay. But- but, like, when you're like, what's something we should watch? Like, your mind goes back to, what was something I wanted to watch? Oh, yeah, Time Trap. Like, why did that one jump <laughs> to the know. front of the line? I wish I could tell you. Which is, uh, it sounded somewhat interesting. Like, was it, like, when you launched the Netflix, was it there in your queue? Like, right there next? Or did you have to, like, search for it? No, we had to search for it. Yeah, well, <laughs> so, well, no, so, like, so Netflix is like, you should watch these things. And you're like, screw that. I'm going to search for Time Trap. <laughs> uh, we've got a Roku right now. Okay. Because right? we ended up getting rid of our cable. We, okay. we yeah, just yeah. Got the, That's uh, fine. We've got a few streaming services. But yeah. the Roku has, like, a voice remote. So I just said Time Trap in it to see if it was there. Mm-hmm. And it came right up. So oh, okay. <laughs> it wasn't, like, a, a difficult search by okay. any stretch. And I said, oh, we do have it. Mm-hmm. And Nikki asked, you want to watch it? I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? Mm-hmm. Fair enough. I'm glad you enjoyed your two hours of time with that. <laughs> did, so did time really move slowly in the cave? I don't want to ruin it for you. <laughs> no. I, I, it'll be a while before I get there. I'm sure I'll forget. <laughs> yes. It, um, do you want me to tell you? I don't care. <laughs> there's, there's so little chance that I would ever watch this movie. <laughs> Yeah, spoiler <laughs> alert. If you were there waiting to watch this 2017 Opus Magnus uh, called Time Trap and don't want it ruined for you, by all means, pause or, or skip for the next three or four minutes. Alan, <laughs> Owen Wilson's brother's Exactly. If this is the missing Not the piece in one. your Wilson brother oeuvre. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been out six years. It's on Netflix. If someone hasn't watched it by now, then I think they're, it's okay if you spoil it. All right, so here we go. So essentially, the uh, cave is like uh, what they were actually looking for when they were talking about the uh, uh, Fountain of Youth. Oh, okay. Because time actually does go much slower there, so it keeps you young only in so much as you're in, you're trapped in this time loop, essentially, right? Like where okay, time so, uh, so dilates you... and you're like things are going way faster outside than inside. Okay, so you don't age while you're splunking, right? But then, like when you leave the cave, yes, okay. the time passes like you know, much, much faster. And so while they're in this cave, they see like flashing lights and stuff. Okay. And what the flashing lights are is actually days and okay. years passing. Oh, okay. And so while they've been down there like a half hour, 
like 100 years pass. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So then they finally get back up top. Uh, one girl who's like trying to look for cell reception sees like a spaceship in the sky. Uh-huh. <laughs> it seems really cheesy, but it was a decent movie for, for what I'm sure was probably a low budget. <laughs> now, can they go backwards in time? No. Oh, okay. So it's, they're it's, stuck yeah. in the new world? Yeah, so <laughs> at the very end, uh, they're essentially, they finally emerge from the cave, but they're kind of regarded as like a... Cavemen? To a degree. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, they're kind of cool specimens because they're from a bygone era. At this point, humans have evolved a, into something new. <laughs> gotcha. You're, like, like, you're still on the iPhone 14? <laughs> 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 Titanium, and they roll their eyes. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will definitely not be checking that movie out, but I'm glad that you gave me your your mini review. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. that's that's the kind of recap I should be given. <laughs> <laughs> Five lines tops. I think that, that if we do another podcast after this, or some sort of a you know pseudo continuation of it, I think that's what our recaps will be like. <laughs> it is, it's, that would be kind of a fun format, though. Like haiku recaps. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it'd be something where it'd be like where this up where these shows are like maybe forty percent of us talking about other stuff and sixty percent Golden Girls. Mm-hmm. I think it would be like eighty percent of us talking about other stuff and twenty percent whatever thing we're reviewing. Gotcha. Um, but I don't know. We could do that. We could watch obscure movies and talk about that. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a possibility. Um, or the long list of things that uh, Brent has told us we should watch. Yeah. <laughs> we can finally tackle that. That would be an, a never-ending podcast if we <laughs> <laughs> went that direction. So. That would be akin to the minute-by-minute uh, minute, uh, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, more or less. <laughs> All right, so you may re- resume. Or you can Where skip to the end. <laughs> or you can skip to the end. Yeah, if you really want me to. No, no. So if you remember, Oliver, uh, some kid that's part of the show occasionally. Right. Uh, Roland's cousin. Scamped, <laughs> scampered down in the kitchen and asked Chewie to buy him some tickets to go watch some ladies wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> he asked if he'll drive to go get tickets. Chewie reminisces. Ski's like Oliver's never been more relatable. <laughs> He reminisces about his younger years when uh, other white kids would buddy up to him as he was the only 12-year-old with a car. Right. Uh, Chewie says that with a disappointed voice, though, that he can't. Uh, Oliver turns to Roland, asking uh, for some cab fare. But uh, Roland also won't pony up any any cash. Uh, Oliver sarcastically thanks him and exits. Just then, Chewie answers the phone and gets uh, a bit nervous. It's a government employee that's asking for Roland. Chewie clears his throat and puts on uh, his best white voice, telling that person that uh, uh, on the line that his name is Bob Clark with a B, as in born here. Mm-hmm. Roland uh, takes the phone and finds out that it's social services, going to check in on, on Oliver. Uh, Roland then follows Chewie's advice and goes all Caucasian. Like, hey there, hi there, ho there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he asks the person to speak up as he can barely hear them over the Pat Boone playing in the background. <laughs> There was no such music playing. Mm. No, no, I said no, no such music, much less honky music. <laughs> uh, Chewie recommends, uh, or re- Chewie c- commends his uh, impression. And after a rather brief conversation, Roland hangs up the phone, and we find out that Oliver's mother is now out of rehab, and the courts believe she is ready to resume custody of her son. Upon hearing this, Chewie is elated. Uh, stating to Roland that it's what he's always wanted for his young ward. Right. 
Roland, however, sits down. He agrees, but asks uh, his friend, you know, if, if it's so good, why does he feel so lousy? Um, Chewie Is that reminds, the same thing you tell the wife after Nookie? She, she doesn't talk to me afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I figure it's the she same. She wants her alone time. <laughs> she, she just giving you time to stop crying. <laughs> <laughs> I just figured it was the same thing you told himself after WAP. In an episode of the Wonder Years. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but that would indicate that he felt bad about it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I was gonna say something that may have been funny, but also it sounds real bad. Oh, okay. So I'm just gonna leave it on the table. Right, fair enough. Chewie reminds him that he's always uh, knew this was a temporary arrangement, as it was meant to be. Uh, he suggests that they uh, go tell Oliver and the Goldens. Uh, Roland remi- remains skeptical, though. Uh, and says that he doesn't want to tell anyone until Oliver's mom actually shows up. Um, guessing they've been burnt before by her, right? Yeah, perhaps. Chewie protests that uh, they'll instantly know that something is up, uh, but Roland insists that they'll just act totally normal. Just then, Rose enters the kitchen, and Roland oversells his version of totally normal by whistling. Uh, Rose looks up and asks, what is this? And then she realizes what he's whistling is Yankee Doodle, right. and immediately joins in. Uh, Blanche enters the kitchen, uh, from the back, uh, breaking up the whistle fest. She tells the <laughs> girls... It's my favorite annual music festival. <laughs> I thought that's the one where you celebrate el- elderly mothers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she tells the, uh, quote, girls that she is in love. Roland seems shocked to hear this, but uh, Rose explains that it probably just means that she slept with somebody. Right. Uh, Roland then clarifies, though, that Blanche had inadvertently called them all girls. That he is a man. Yeah. Uh, he then rattles off a bunch of stereotypical lady things he doesn't enjoy, like cinnamon coffee, bath gels, and then somewhat rudely states that he doesn't care to hear about her personal life. Yeah, it was a little awkward. It was one of Roland's lower moments, in yeah. my opinion, in the series so far. Uh, he exits, but immediately returns when Blanche sits down with Rose at the table and tells her that for the first time she had the big O. Right. Roland sits down at the table. Seemingly interested, which contradicts his recent statement. Yeah. Rose seems incredulous that uh, this was Blanche's first foray into ecstasy. <laughs> uh, Blanche admits that she thought she'd experienced it before, but was very wrong. Roland even points out that in her vast familiarity with men, it seems unlikely that she would have never had the O before. Blanche agrees that it is odd, but says that uh, she always fancied herself to be like a white Tina Turner. Right. Now... Do you guys understand what she meant by that? Um, no. I, I'm, I'm honestly asking. I don't know if that's a, like she just thinks she's a, a, a superstar. I'm not sure. I, I'd have to think about it. Like I, I don't know how that really applies to the, to the situation. Yeah. I can't it's remember. a funny statement, but uh, I don't know. You know. Within the context, I think it was just like Tina Turner is sort of considered like a sexual person, mm-hmm. like a sexual being. Gotcha. You know. Uh, Roland asks in what way she like Tina Turner, and Rose clarifies that it's because her skin is lighter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's why she's the white version. Yeah, and yeah. She adds that he would be more like a black Tina Turner, to which Roland says uh, that he he can call her the dumb Tina Turner. Rose tells him he wouldn't be the first. <laughs> Blanche moves on from this inane topic and tells him that uh, she plans to go see him again tonight. Uh, Rose and Roland again so, protest. <clears throat> go ahead. So, do you think? Like, how do you feel about this being her first orgasm? Again, I, I would agree with the incredu- incredulity of everybody else that it, 
it just seems so unlikely that mm-hmm. you know she would get to that age with that number of partners and all mm-hmm. that. Yeah, um, I think somebody would have gotten lucky, like even on accident, yeah, or even <laughs> if it was to herself. You know, yeah. like it seems like at some point she would have experienced it. Yeah. And no, it, it also seems like why would she be so into it if mm-hmm. there's not? Yeah, yeah, she was never you know getting to that point. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. All those years, you know, her and Charlie were just spinning the wheels and just, yeah. I mean. Who? Uh, George. I was going to say, Charlie was less faithful than we realized. <laughs> Brent's uncovered another dirty secret. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now we know why Rose killed him. Right. Uh, Rose and Roland protest that they've been, you know, already covering the auditions, but the party is in two days, and there are still many arrangements that need her attention. Uh, she claims that she'll get her chores done, but insists that she needs this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we change scene again. Uh, now in the lobby, Chewie approaches Roland, telling him that Oliver has continued to hound him about going to uh, a wrestling match, the most recent suggestion being Mud Wrestling Mamas. Yeah, see, Glow is a totally reasonable thing for him to go to. Like, There's nothing really inappropriate there, um, but I would think Mud Wrestling Mamas definitely seems more, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. more in the inappropriate uh, well, Bain. Roland agrees. Yeah. He uh, shoots down the idea uh, immediately, stating it would be totally inappropriate. Yep. Uh, Chewie then claims to agree, but when Roland leaves, he says to himself that now he's out 50 bucks. Yeah, why couldn't he go? <laughs> exactly, yeah, he's an adult. So. He's going to ask Roland if he wants to join him. Yeah, exactly. But, oh, well. I, I have a feeling Oliver will be out of the picture soon, so... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure things will fall through with the mom. These things always happen that way in <laughs> sitcoms. So. Roland joins uh, Rose at the hotel office. Upset, Rose tells him that uh, Blanche is gone yet again. She expounds, saying that uh, when a man comes into her life, Blanche can't work and becomes unreliable. Roland says that uh, she may be overreacting to her tendency to date. Uh, Rose claims that uh, this Ernie fellow is the hump that broke the camel's back. Yeah. Roland suggests that she might mean straw. But Rose only retorts, saying that he really doesn't know much about her personal life. Yeah. <laughs> As an example uh, to her inattention, she says that the personalized pens have now arrived, but Blanche clearly hadn't checked them out. Just then, Blanche does enter the office and is excited to see the pens. Roland hands her one, and we are told that the uh, decorator made a printing error, leaving out an, an important space. Yeah. The pens read, Penis, compliments from us to you. Blanche chuckles at the typo, but Roland and Rose are upset that they now have 10 gross of the pervert <laughs> pins, which if you don't know what that is, 12 dozen times 10 is 1,440 <laughs> pins. Yeah, the um, I, I thought it was a funny joke, but at the same time, it is the most like contrived kind of like push. Like, I found a joke. Very poorly put together phrase yeah. yeah like there's somebody who's like this this would be funny we'll find some way to shoehorn this in because even putting that on the pin would just be so weird <laughs> like even it's if it was put in phrase. correctly yeah, yeah just... if you were like pin is compliments um to you from us <laughs> um or from us to you whatever it was but it, it would just be such a weirdly worded thing why would they not just have golden palace <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, like they say it's like uh like personalized but it isn't yeah <laughs> this is just a dumb phrase. Uh, Rose adds that they'll need to collect all the pens, and Blanche has to call the printer. Blanche tells her, though, that she has a lunch date with Ernie. Uh, Roland points out that uh, the Sweet 16 party is that night, and she has been shirking all of her responsibilities for some guy. Roland leaves in a huff, 
Blanche insists that he's special, but Rose says that she's seen him in a Speedo, and he's not that special. <laughs> I guess he's kind of special, though, if he gave her the big O, right? Yeah. Blanche assumes that uh, Rose is just jealous, but Rose clarifies that she's speaking to her as a business partner, not a friend. Upon hearing this, Blanche storms off, saying that, okay, well, they'll just won't, won't be friends, which is a classic and sort of worn-out trope with uh, the Goldens, I think. Yeah. At the front desk, uh, a man comes up to check out for a few days. Golden asks him to sign out before uh, he leaves, handing him a pen. The man sees it, asks if he's coming on to him. Roland laughs, snatches the pen from his hand, tosses it behind him, and explains that it's just a funny typo. All right. He asks Roland if uh, his car will be washed when he returns. Roland confirms uh, that it will be, asking him to simply leave the key. Which is an odd thing to offer, but kind of a cool thing. Yeah, I just I've never been to a hotel that offered to wash your car yeah. as part of it, and this they don't seem another like another shoehorn thing. Yeah, yeah, well, and that's it doesn't that seem to like me like that's the kind of hotel that is high enough level that that or staffed well service, enough, yeah, or that even has its own parking garage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the man replies that uh, he already had left the key with the little old lady. Mm-hmm. We then cut scenes. We see uh, the back end of a car. With the left blinker left flashing mm-hmm. and born to be wild, blaring on the radio. Steppenwolf. Hmm. We see Sophia and Oliver driving down the road to adventure. Mm-hmm. Uh, change scene. After a short break, which I assume was going to be a commercial, right? Another shorty and wrinkly. Yeah. <laughs> roused about. <laughs> Would you like to see a whole series of shorty and wrinkly yeah. adventures? Yeah. <laughs> That might be one way that Oliver will be more tolerable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, just constantly, you know, the back and forth of those two. Yeah. What was it's the, like Chico and the man, except, you know, a lady. What, yeah. was, what was the term that, that you came up with a small dick? Oh, uh, Pilla. Pill snap? Yeah. Pill snap. Yeah, just call it that. Yeah. <laughs> Shorty and wrinkly. <laughs> anyway, after a short break, we return to hear Oliver and Sophia chatting. Uh, she asked him if he thinks he's too old now for whatever they were discussing. We probably made this joke back then, but that it brings it back to my mind that that's probably what he calls his package. Yeah, it, we made that joke because I botched it. Oh, okay. Because I said that's what he calls his balls and testicles. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Never really like a trap that one. Yeah. <laughs> I remember all my phone a calls. time trap. <laughs> that's why Brent's living in the future. <laughs> exactly. And he seems not to age, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, age has been very cruel to me. <laughs> I mean, maybe down below, but the whole we see at top is looking pretty good. <laughs> so you're aging gracefully. Oh, well, thank you. Paul Rudd would be proud. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't want to go too far. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wilford Brimley would be proud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say he was like fifty years old or something when uh when uh, cocoon came out? Yeah, yeah. like forty seven or something. Yeah. Like my current age. Right. Talking about diabetes. Right. <laughs> Take it from me, Wilford Brimley. I'm fifty one. <laughs> she asks if uh, she asks Oliver if uh, she thinks he's she's too old. He says no, but points out they spent a whole long, a long time looking for the car's crank. Mm-hmm. Uh, she claims that that was just a bit. Uh, she then says that she obtained the vehicle to give him a sense of freedom and some time away from the hotel. And knows that the blinker is still on. He asks if they're ever going to turn left. Yeah. 
He's going to get a lot of time away from the hotel. <laughs> He's about to get plenty of time away from it, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, back at the hotel, Roland hangs up the phone. Uh, Rose comes in and asks if there's any news about Sophia and Oliver. He replies that he just called the cops, and they have no updates. Chewie tries to calm their nerves with a story uh, from his youth again uh, about a bunch of his friends driving to Tijuana. He then reads the room and realizes that this story is not helping. Right. He relents that uh, it may be a good idea to find a number of a good bail bond service. Hmm. Roland uh, collapses into his chair, Blanche enters and tells him that she contacted uh, both the boys club and uh, the senior center with uh, no luck. She feels badly that, uh, you know, she was insensitive to, insensitive to Sophia before she left. And then she realizes how insensitive she's been to Rose as well. And she apologizes. They share a classic, we all forgive each other session. Uh, Roland shows only a mild sense of attachment to the moment. Uh, she openly admits to the girls that she had uh, failed uh, to balance her work and time with Ernie. Again, Roland takes issue with uh, Blanche calling them all girls. Chewy, who is still in the room and would have also been lumped in with the girls moniker, mm-hmm. seems not to care at all. Blanche tells them all that uh, her solution is to have Ernie stay at the hotel. That way she could, have, she could attend to both her, the party and her carnal needs. Right. Uh, she exits, telling them that she's going to slip into something that'll uh, make her look her best. Rose snaps back, suggesting a time machine. Yeah, that was a good... That was my favorite line of the episode. Yeah, that was a really solid barb. Blanche shoots back a dirty look, and both Roland and Chewie look at one another, recognizing the solid burn she had just dished. Mm-hmm. A woman enters uh, through the back door. So I know it seems odd that anyone uh, other than like a non-employee or non-delivery worker would enter the back of a hotel. All right. Uh, Roland asks if he could help her. She explains that uh, she's Paula Webb, Oliver's mom. Uh, they shake hands and exchange introductions, including Chewie, who's still there. Uh, Roland tells her that uh, uh, he's happy that she's doing better. She tells him that uh, he was very, Oliver was very lucky to, or she was very lucky to find a good hospital. And that Oliver was very lucky to find him. Mm. Uh, he replies that they're all very close. She asks where he is currently. And they act as though they are confused. Like she wanted to know where Chewie was. Uh, trying to slum up by their time. I thought that was a weird, awkward scene to a degree. Yeah. Like he ultimately tells her that he's uh, with a grandma, right? Mm-hmm. Which is what was going on anyway. So right. I guess they're just worried that... Because they don't know where that is, <laughs> it would look yeah, bad. I guess, but it's like their their stall tactics were so, you know, minimal as far mm-hmm. as like... Minimal what they, and poorly done. Yeah. So it, it did seem kind of... I mean, I guess sometimes you just need that extra like 30 seconds to think. So you need a moment <laughs> to distract her. But um, And they ultimately came up with a version of the truth that didn't tell the whole truth, but enough that, you know, they could right. get by. Yeah, so they're trying to buy their time. She tells him that she had come through the rear to surprise him, which still seems kind of inappropriate given the circumstances. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roland tells her that he's currently with uh, one of his foster grandmas. Excuse me. She says that uh, she'll simply come back later, and then she turns around and Roland tries to reassure her that Sophia is a strong role model that teaches him a good respect for authority. All right. We then cut scenes again. We see Sophia has been now been pulled over by the cops. Due to an excessively slow speed, yeah, uh, we hear her telling the officer, "Bite me." Mm. Uh, we change scene. Later that day, Rose is uh, setting up the events with multiple round tables and uh, all nicely decorated. 
Blanche uh, comes down the steps, and Rose again, uh, kind of pouring on the sarcasm, comments that it's nice that she's finally decided to come help out. Blanche, however, refutes this idea, saying that Ernie got them tickets for a night cruise, and she simply can't refuse, which rhymes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blanche basically uh, invalidates her earlier apology by telling Rose that she can't stop her, all while uh, primping herself in her mirror. Rose agrees, but adds that she'd like her not to bother coming back. Rose tells her that she's not uh, leaving because of Ernie, but because she's scared of the responsibilities of running the hotel. Roland concurs in, uh, with her summation. Blanche, somewhat insulted, tells them both that she doesn't care what they think and that maybe she won't come back. That she doesn't need them or anyone. She exits, and just moments later, Sophia and Oliver are escorted back into the hotel by a Carl Winslow lookalike, even in a cop uniform. Hmm. The only thing that looks like Carl Winslow in that guy is that he's black. (laughs) 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 I do not think that there was. You don't think so? I thought he did. I don't know. He wasn't overweight at all. (laughs) He was. He was. He looked more like Michael Winslow. (laughs) Yeah. Who's also in a cop movie? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The actor's name is Alexander Folk. Uh, Apparently he has a classic cop look as he played a police officer or guard in 28 other other credits, according to IMDb. Mm. Maybe he was a cop and he just moonlights as an actor. Could be. He already had the outfit. Exactly. (laughs) Saved on their uh, budget. Don't worry, I'll bring it myself. Yeah. At first, Sophia gets uh, Oliver to agree that they're going to stick together in the, the question that is likely to follow. However, as soon as Roland asks where they've been, Sophia claims that Oliver had kidnapped her and it was a nightmare. Uh, the cop tells them that uh, due to their age, he's dropping them off uh, into their custody versus bringing them to the station because that seems like the way you do things, right? Right, yeah. I don't know, maybe. I don't know, with an old lady and a kid, yeah, I could definitely see yeah. a cop doing that. Yeah. Probably saves them on paperwork. Yeah, the only issue would be like transporting them. Would he just make them abandon the car, this guest oh, car right. on the side of the road? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. What even theirs? Oliver states that uh, he's a kid and he was scared. Was the cop on a motorcycle? I can't remember what he was on. I don't know if they even showed his vehicle. I think gotcha. they just showed him at the side of their car. Yeah, gotcha. I don't recall either. Uh, but Oliver states that he's a kid. He was scared and he nearly peed. Sophia says that she's 100. She's also scared and she is peeing. Yeah. Uh, they then blame each other for the joy ride, and Roland makes them both promise that uh, the next time they want to go out, they'll uh, get a ride from a slightly safer driver. Oliver asks if he's grounded, and Roland replies, no, just the ringleader. Mm-hmm. Chewie quietly asks Roland if he's uh, told, uh, told him about his mom. Uh, Roland tells him that no, he plans to give him the good news that evening. Uh, the young boy... Don't want him to get too happy too soon. All right. <laughs> Nothing worse. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Getting that joy too early. Exactly. Um, now I'm thinking about, do we ever see Oliver again after that? No. No. That's that was his exit, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Very anticlimactic. Yeah, the young boy and the old lady agree that they've learned their lesson. Mm-hmm. Of course, at that moment, a man comes in asking uh, if anyone is uh, at duty on the front desk, uh, as he needs to park his motorcycle with sidecar. <laughs> Sophia slowly tells the man that. Uh, He'll handle that for him, taking his key and his helmet. Right. So, I mean, I guess it was a little bit better than, but yeah, we don't ever <laughs> see him after that, so. Uh, not to not to kill for everyone listening. Right. We change scene again uh, that evening after the party had already ended. Blanche oh. enters the kitchen 
Rose is surprised to see her, assuming that she'd still be on the cruise. Gwyneth tells the group that uh, things are not going to work out with Ernie. Uh, she told him that uh, about their fight that they'd had at the hotel, but he just told her not to worry and that he would take care of her. Gwyneth realized that maybe she was afraid he, he of He was him. like, you want this bro in front of those hoes? Gwyneth <laughs> <laughs> uh, realized that maybe she was afraid of all the responsibility that the hotel brings, and maybe she was running away like Rose said. Oh, so she's picking the sisters over the misters. All right. <laughs> there you go. Hey, Roland's not a girl. <laughs> he doesn't like any of that sissy stuff. Mm-hmm, exactly. Uh, she feels that uh, helping to run the hotel is likely her last best chance to do something on her own uh, without a man to kind of take care of things for her. She uh, again asks for their forgiveness. Classic Rose, she immediately does and gives her friend a big hug. Not to be left out. Sophia and Chewie also share a hug on the side. Sophia at the time lifts Chewie's keys during the embrace. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Blanche comments on how good it is to be back with all of them as if she'd been gone for days or weeks. Right. And this, and in fact, all she missed was the hard part that she had set up for the party. Yeah. <laughs> she got so, the hard part right. and the first <laughs> orgasm. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Roland enters the kitchen with a sullen face. Uh, Blanche asks where Oliver is. Rose explains that Oliver's mother uh, is clean and had come to get him. For a moment, Blanche is very happy to hear the good news, but then recognizes that Roland is upset and asks how he is doing. He says he'll be okay, but you know, we'll definitely miss him. Blanche agrees uh, that you know all that they all will and adds that she didn't even have a chance to say goodbye. Again, despite not knowing that Oliver's mom was even out of rehab, I still fully put the blame on Blanche for being absent at his departure. Yeah. She could have. She was supposed to be there with the party, right? Right. Uh, Roland hands her a note uh, from Oliver, and it basically states uh, that, uh, or says that a bunch of having a bunch of grandmas was fun. He'll miss them, and he thanks Sophia for the ride. Sophia tries to reflect on their uh, little outing, start, stating that it taught uh, him more about life than school ever could. <laughs> Which I don't know. Yeah. It seems like a reach to me. Yeah, I'd say mm-hmm. so. They just the car until they got pulled over and brought home. Mm. I don't know. He already had an advanced working knowledge of science. I think, <laughs> I think he was fine missing a day or two. That's true. Uh, Roland uh, tells her that uh, she's still grounded, and she responds to him, bite me. Mm-hmm. A pox on you. Right? She, she should have gone back to that one. Uh, we have a little post-credit scene. We see Rose, Blanche, and Roland uh, all sitting at the, uh, one of the round tables in the dining area. They all agree that they're tired and we'll deal with the cleanup in the morning. I don't know why Blanche is so tired. Yeah. All that recreation time, I guess. She got railed. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, she's a little worn down. The words are out of my mouth. (laughs) They tell one another a good night, and then the camera pans over to a closed chest. uh, And from inside the box, Mr. Siegel hollers, good night, and asks (laughs) if they're all smiling. Yeah. I thought that was actually a pretty good (laughs) post-credit scene. Yeah, it was a solid ending to it. And then we close. That is the end of that episode. All right. We had a handful of guest actors there. Um, we had Billy L. Sullivan as Oliver for his eighth and final time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, when his name was Oliver Webb, it, it started making me think about like those two, those two words being combined together, and it made me think that would have been a great name for a character on Shit's Creek. Mm. Um, because you know, like all the characters. Did you ever watch Shit's Creek? Steve? I've only seen like two or three episodes with you and Sherry. Well, there's one main family in the town. Um, like not the family that of rich people that moved to the town, but 
and it's rolling shit and uh, mutt <laughs> shit, <laughs> uh, jostling shit. And so Oliver shit would have been another one that would have gone well <laughs> with that group of good. names. But. Did they make any sequels to Time Trap? No, no, okay, so so maybe you can get to Shit's Creek now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know though. There's a lot of build other up. I like that yeah, one. Random Netflix shows that he can watch before he gets to almost that. infinite. Really? Yeah. Uh, you could almost call it a time trap. Yep. <laughs> There's a except for you get older when you come out of it. Right. Exactly. Aged much faster. Yeah. Exactly. Recommended if you like time trap finger cuffs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we also had a Hansford Rowe. He played Mr. Siegel. 71 titles for him. Mr. Siegel is the mime, in case you forgot. Mm-hmm. This is his only golden appearance. He was in a, two episodes each of V and V, The Final Battle. Yay. Um, he was also in a few things we enjoy uh, Raising Hope, Modern Family, The Office, Newhart, and one episode of My Two Dads as Mr. Davenport. That's a pretty yeah. good spread. Yeah. I, Elderly then, like how old was he on the office? Well, I mean, yeah, he would. I can't remember what role he played, but yeah, he would have had to have been in his 80s yeah. by the time he was He's on that. He's a friend so. of Creed's, yeah. <laughs> um, we had a Charles Bouvier, I can only mm-hmm. assume that's where the inspiration for Marge's uh, maiden name came from. Sure, he played Mr. Fisk, uh, 37 titles for him, but this is his second of two golden uh, appearances. He was also in. Season two, episode seventeen, bedtime story as the clown. Mm-hmm. He was one of the clowns, I think, in the um, train station, perhaps. Okay. I can't remember for sure, but like, if your last name is Bouvier, uh-huh. are you pretty much obligated to stick with Charles? Like, you can't be like Chuck Bouvier. Uh, I don't know. I feel like just saying that out loud, it sounds okay. Chuck Bouvier. Yeah. But Chaz Bouvier. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, we had uh, Alexander Folk. He played the cop. Um, you know, Ski has feelings about. Uh, <laughs> ni- 95 titles for him. This is his only golden. Um, he was in six episodes of Cheers. He had appearances on Modern, or excuse me, Mama's Family, uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, okay. uh, Rock, Hanging with Mr. Cooper, Amen, Martin, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Living Single, and Sister, Sister, as well as many others. Often as a cop. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps. More guard. <laughs> yeah. We had a uh, David J. Willis. He played Mr. Wormer. Uh, 53 titles for him, but only eight as an actor. Oddly, though, this is his fifth golden appearance, and he had two empty nest appearances. So out of his eight credits, out of the eight shows that he was a part of as an actor, there's Golden Palace, <laughs> Golden so Girls, 75% and 75% are Susan Harris related. <laughs> exactly. Maybe they were friends or something. He was railing her. And then the biggest one, um, guest actor Jolie Fisher. She played Paula Webb. 151 titles for her, 65 as an actor. This is her only golden. Um, she had appearances on uh, Blossom, Growing Pains, Inspector Gadget, The, the Mask, uh, Modern Family, Last Man Standing, Desperate Housewives, Normal Ohio, which I feel like it's a show you mentioned sometime. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, but I think if you recognize her, it would have either been probably as her uh, 95 episodes as Paige, on, uh, as Paige Clark on Ellen, or her 81 episodes as Joy Stark on Till Death. So two pretty long-running series that she was a main character for. So, uh, Ski, who got your, uh, well, we'll get to it. Who got your MVP for this episode? I almost gave it to Ernie for uh, giving Blaine CO, <laughs> but instead I gave it to Paula. I said, despite over uh, just a minute of airtime, she was kind enough to drag away some dead weight from the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good line, Ski. I yeah. enjoy that. How about you, Brent? Uh, Mr. Siegel. Enjoyed his mime act. I did. I did. 
to dying art, so I'm glad he's keeping it alive. <laughs> I enjoyed Rose the most in that episode overall. Because okay. she uh, was smiling at the mime. Yeah, I just thought she was funny. I thought she had the better, the best lines of it. Um, she did have my favorite lines. Yeah. So how many slices of cheesecake for you, Ski? 3.5. Mm-hmm. I uh, said not a bad episode, but uh, played extra hard on some of the old standby uh, selfish Blanche and forgiving but salty Rose. Okay. How about you, Brunt? Two. See, I gave it a two also, and I have feelings about it because I don't think this episode, I don't think that most of the story of this episode was really supposed to be Oliver getting axed from the show. I think mm-hmm. that was something that was shoehorned in afterwards. I think that's why we didn't get mm-hmm. like a touching goodbye from the girls to Oliver yeah. or from Roland to Oliver. Yeah, we or, don't. We didn't really get anything. Or the feels... reunion of the mom and Oliver. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, nothing. It just seemed like just oh, he won't be back. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. why I, I honestly think he it's like Oliver went back to his home planet. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so yeah, I, just, I really don't think this episode was written. I just think they're like, boy, we got to get rid of this kid. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> he's getting real bad reviews, and so they. The shoehorned mm-hmm. in this extra three minutes and cut other mm-hmm. stuff that was supposed to be in it so that they yeah. could write well, him out. And I, I actually looked it up to see if there was a reason, like if I could find out why he was in mm-hmm. so few episodes and why he made an early exit. I couldn't find anything on it. I mean, being I a mean, series that only lasted one series or one season, I doubt that there was a lot of you information know, on yeah. it. It's kind of like if people ask. Why Coco only lasts in one episode? There's probably not a ton on that yeah. either. Well, I mean, that one they do explain that it was because uh, Sophia tested so well and, and, and people liked her, and so she was supposed to be that's a Spock probably character. the answer. Yeah. So. yeah, I think there's just a lot of headaches you got to deal with when you're working with a child actor. Mm-hmm. You know, just as far as like number of hours available and different things like that. And I think it was probably just more trouble than it was worth. Yeah, especially as terrible of a character as he was. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> so. it's not like they had like other kids on there. It's yeah. like, oh, well, we're already jumping through these hoops for these other actors. Yeah. Part of me mm-hmm. hopes it was like a, he was like a prima donna. <laughs> we're just absolutely abhorrent to work with. Right. Just, he was like mm. demanding that he gets more airtime. and like, like, no. Like Baby Herman from those maroon cartoons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, was that a broad enough, uh, popular enough joke for you? I mean, it was more than some of your others. For <laughs> sure. <laughs> Just to make sure I remember it's from uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the old man that smokes cigars, but the baby. Yeah. Sorry, I just didn't mean to. I mean, it's good that you mentioned it. Railroad that entire thing. <laughs> it was not. A, Brent gives jokes a lot of times where the overall reference is something that a lot of people would get, but he phrases them in a way so that you have to have specific <laughs> knowledge of the thing that he's referencing. So just like that, like, okay, baby Herman, like that rang the bell. Um, but if he just would have said, like, that baby from the Maroon cartoons, I would not <laughs> know what the hell he was talking about. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, so Ski, did you have anything extra at the end of this one? I do. All right. Well, you guys want to we... hear it? Yeah, sure. All right. Is this another unloading? <laughs> <laughs> it is not. Okay. Unless you uh, consider my Dorothy's Diaries just unloading. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, Dorothy's Diary, Summer Swelter. <laughs> a little subtitle there. Okay. One day in mid July, the sanding bush involves vinegar and water. I'm out of here. <laughs> Maybe a little bit of water, no mm-hmm. vinegar. Unless you consider Dorothy's normal demeanor vinegary. Okay. One day in mid July, Dorothy wanted to surprise Lucas with his favorite ice cream for dessert key lime. It's a good uh, ice cream. Unfortunately, it's an uncommon flavor. 
The only place that she knew carried this type was across town. However, she knew she would he would be out of the house until dinner, so she got in the car and headed out. Plenty of time, she thought. To she herself. going to the Carvel or? <laughs> that, I, it doesn't say. No. Or I, I guess I didn't say. <laughs> going to pick up a cookie puss. <laughs> the temperature rose to well above ninety degrees, and Dorothy's air conditioner had been working intermittently. I see you can say that, and it's funny, but if Ski said that, <laughs> it would sound so gross. I must have missed what he said. Oh, he just said that she was going to pick up a cookie puss, <laughs> which I believe is a Carvel yeah. um, ice cream okay. you know, I type I've thing. Never heard of that. Yeah. That little creature, it's like their version of the Grimace. <laughs> so if I say cookie puss, it yeah. sounds like... <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like what you would have called a young Danica. <laughs> 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 Or an adult one. <laughs> sure, I'd like to think that. <laughs> Let me finish my story. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. The temperature rose to well above 90 degrees, and Dorothy's air conditioner had been working intermittently. Being the smart cookie <laughs> that she is, she thought ahead and brought a cooler loaded with plenty of ice to keep the ice cream cold on the, home, on the trip home. Despite being in the middle of the day, she hit bumper-to-bumper traffic closer to downtown Atlanta. Like most large cities in the U.S., summer highways are 80% construction zone. Mm, they've been working on construction in Atlanta, I think, since Sherman left. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> Due to the blistering heat and the extra burden on the car, her air conditioner kicked off. She kept the windows up for a bit, hoping to trap the cooler air, but that quickly faded into a humid oven in her cabin. Mm. She finally made it to the ice cream shop, asked for a couple of gallons, and loads them into her cooler. Dorothy even requests a little more ice, as the toasty drive had melted more than she had anticipated. The man behind the counter obliges her, as she uh, and Lucas are semi-frequent customers there. He tells her, have a great night, Dot. Mm-hmm. She did not care for that nickname, but always, but he'd always called her that. He, she silently resented it, but wished him a good night as well, and headed back home. Now, approaching the beginning of rush hour, tra- traffic was even slower on the way home. Her air conditioner kicked back on a few times, but just enough to aggravate her more. As she rolled her windows back down and fanned herself with the magazine, she thought to herself, my goodness, I'm so glad I only wore this two-layer pantsuit with with matching scarf today. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Ski, you've done it again. Is that what you're thinking to yourself? Solid though. Yeah. Where do I come up with them? <laughs> <laughs> she arrived home safe uh, but moist. And <laughs> 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 the ice cream unmelted. Ah. Lucas was very appreciative of her surprise gift. While they enjoyed their refreshing dessert, he leaned over and jokingly told her, Thanks so much, Dot. <laughs> the end. Very nice. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know about moist, but <laughs> the rest of the story. I, I specifically I, used, I chose that word because yeah. it sounded kind of gross. Yeah. Well, we've said that you you there's something about your demeanor that makes common words sound grosser anyway. But um, it must it must be a gift. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was a solid story. Ski, I enjoyed that one for sure. Very nice. Yeah, very good. And you definitely deserve to give yourself a little credit on that particular yeah. line. Yeah, no, it was very good. She does. Uh, she does a layer. Mm-hmm, that she is does. true. 
All right. Would you guys have anything else? Atlanta's theoretically a little cooler than Miami. Yeah. (laughs) At least during parts of the year, for sure. Yeah, Miami gets real hot. Yeah. Nothing else to add to today's episode? Not I. All right. Well, well, to happiness, to life, to us. Stay golden, cookie puss. (laughs) (laughs) Coco. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at sophiaschoicepc. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.